0: Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We're your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. Welcome to another episode of the Warrior Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Gene, and I am here with a special guest, Christian Griffith. How's it going?
1: It's doing great, man. Glad to be here. Feeling great.
0: Awesome. I have uh, several friends that are going to be excited that I'm talking to you. Um, I know, like I said before, it's not your entire life, but we sat around and we watched the selection together. I've watched it several times since then, and we always root for you even though we know the outcome of that show. <laughs> we, right. You were like my favorite character on there. Um, not that it was a character. It was actually you. But um, So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where can, just start off with, where can people find you and what, are, what is the big thing you're working on right now?
1: Uh, well, I, I, uh, I live in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Um, after the show, I um, really was just trying to figure out what Life 2.0 looked like after that. Mm. Um, I was in a lot of transition myself, and um, I I had actually, when I did the show, I was living in Nicaragua, living in a tree house in Nicaragua and training Mm. in the jungle, pretty much. Um, So when I came back from the show, I had met um, a woman and decided to make a go at that. And uh, I, uh, I worked for about a year for a company called GORUCK. In Jacksonville mm. Beach Florida and I really it, it it made me really love Jacksonville Beach it's I like to surf it's one of the last known surf towns in North Florida and I don't know it's just comfortable for me it feels like home and uh I just live a couple blocks off the ocean um I'm in my office now which is just like two blocks from my house I'm that's barefoot awesome. that's um, awesome I'm in board shorts and barefoot so uh <laughs> yeah it's uh, living in North Florida and um I have my own internet marketing company called Live for a Living, mm-hmm. the same company I had when I did the show. And, uh, yeah, just just living that
0: life. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, GORUCK is headquartered right there in Jacksonville, isn't it?
1: Yeah, GORUCK is headquartered in yeah. Jacksonville Beach. Yeah. Yeah, Jacksonville.
0: That's Beach, right. Yep. That's right. Because I, I know, you know, I'll, I have some other people I know that, are, that work for GORUCK, but they are, like, all over the place um, in terms of what they do. But you work there for HQ.
1: Yeah, I was a uh, senior vice president of marketing for uh, a month. Yeah, That's rad. That's rad. Really just made me, you know, I love the company, love the events, love the mm-hmm. gear, love everything. But just for me personally, uh, all, it, all it really did for me was show me that I needed to go out on my own. Mm. I want to work for other people anymore. And, you know, I have my own ideas, my own beliefs, my own uh, ways that I want to work with clients and, you know, certain clients, there's only certain clients I want to work with. So, um, right. yeah, it just, it, it it was the right time for me.
0: Got you. Sometimes, sometimes opportunities show themselves up like that, don't they?
1: That's right. That's
0: right. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's, let's not make the whole show about it, but I do want to, I would, my friends would be mad if I didn't talk to you about the selection. How did you, how did you find yourself in that scenario? Um, in the first place?
1: No, I mean, first of all, bro, I love talking about the selection. I mean, awesome. it's, it, it changed my life. Some of the people Good. I met changed my life. The experiences hardened me up. Um, so, <clears throat> I think really my my go ruck background was a big okay help um, because I've done a ton of go rock events. I've learned a lot through the go rock events, and I think when they were casting for this, uh, a friend of mine uh, that that actually is very big in the obstacle course racing community, she sent me an email and said this came across my desk. And I think Mm. you'd be perfect for it. So I just, I emailed the casting company and gave them a little background or whatever. And, you know, I I won't take you through all the steps because a lot of steps before you get passed to the show. But (laughs) ultimately I think it was just, you know, I have an interesting story, right? My past is, um, is one that I deal with every day. Um, I was living in Nicaragua at the time I had, you know, shunned corporate America and, decided I was going to live barefoot in the jungle. And um, so I think that was interesting to them. And, you know, also at the time, I had really long hair and a big, long beard. But um, mm-hmm. I was into fitness, and I, I didn't really look like the average fitness guy. I looked more like a homeless man. So <laughs> I think they thought that was going to be good for TV. Um, and uh, But I also think that I surprised them a little bit. I think that mm-hmm. what they thought they were getting coming in was a whole lot different going out and
0: Mm.
1: I'll say a little bit that, yeah, they misread me a little bit, I think, but also I changed in those 16 days, Gotcha. and um, I think that that metamorphosis, quite honestly, might be a big reason why, you know, people tend to tell me I was popular on the show, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it is just, you know, I just kind of, I just laid everything out there, I was an open book, and Yeah, I mean it was the. I'll let you ask any specific questions you want to, but in terms of you know what it was for my life, or am I glad I did it? Would I do it again? All that. Yeah, a a thousand percent. It was it was amazing, and you know I've done American Ninja Warrior, right? Right. The difference between American Ninja Warrior and the selection was American Ninja Warrior is all production based. Mm -hmm. They want you to come up with some goofy ninja name. (laughs) name, Wear a costume. yeah, they want this weird – like, they want you to be this weird, eclectic person, which, okay, I get. That's good for TV, mm. but the athleticism and mm. all of that, it really kind of takes a, a second seat to that, and it just felt really cheesy, you know. Mm. <clears throat> the selection – I mean, those instructors, like, what you saw is what they were. They were no the real deal.
0: In. These <laughs>
1: guys are do- – these guys are not gonna cheese up their jobs and mm-hmm. their position, like integrity is everything to them. They wouldn't mm-hmm. even let they wouldn't even let Discovery Channel, I'm sorry, uh, History Channel mm-hmm. uh, producers or anything talk to us. Like we weren't allowed to talk to them and they couldn't oh, talk to shit. us. Yeah, <laughs> like at all. Like it was they were they were and they were extremely strict about it. So wow. You know, I like that because it was, you know, it was very authentic. And, you know, when you when you look at YouTube and you see some of the comments, you know, and I, I, I get a lot of good comments. But the show itself sometimes gets bad comments because people say, oh, they were laid up in a hotel and shit. No, we <laughs> weren't, bro. Like, we <laughs> suffered. Like, it was a suffer fest for 16 days. Yeah,
0: yeah You, I, I've, I'm friends with a few uh, SEALs. And I know that just that mindset alone, they're not going to let you have a good time. That's not why they're no. there. <laughs> no, yeah,
1: no, they would have told they, if the network told them to do that. Like if the network said, "Hey, you got to go easy yeah. on these guys," they would like, nope. have been like, oh, "We're done, <laughs> we're out, right?"
0: Right. So yeah, so there was a commitment to keeping it real. Yeah. Do you think that um, do you think that a lot of people connect with you because you made it all the way through? You made it to the end. That you were able to have that metamorphosis, as you said.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, one advantage I had, I don't know if you remember, but one of our friends uh, who has since become a friend, but there was one kid that quit right before the end, mm-hmm. like right before the end, mm-hmm. man. We had some one more, I think two more gnarly climbs and mm-hmm. then we, we, we were finished, but we didn't know that. Um, uh, but then when he quit, um, you know, I was thinking about it and it, and it was, he was young he was extremely physically mm-hmm. capable, but he just didn't have a lot of life experience. And he didn't really develop a strong why. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that, you know, the fact that I've been through a lot in my life and mm-hmm. I've suffered a lot and I've overcome a lot. Um, and then he and then put myself into situations of suffering on my own um, to overcome those. I think that that gave me a much stronger why, because I was never going to quit. And, and I right. even had it in my mind that. If they tried to drop me, and if you'll notice towards the end they were trying to get us to quit by saying mm-hmm. we they were- or we'd be pulled, I I I would have told them, hey, I mean, you're gonna have to go get law enforcement and they're gonna have <laughs> to physically remove me from this, from this entire situation, because that's right. the only way I'm walking away from it. I don't trust you guys because yeah. when you guys weren't looking, when the cameras weren't pointed at us and shit, these guys would come up to us and go, Yo, hey, old man, you know, Raymond care. Instructor come up to me and go, Hey, old man, why don't we just go have a steak together? We'll have scotch. (laughs) We'll have some steak. We'll go to the hotel. You don't have to endure this crap. This is kid crap. Like, Mm. this is nonsense. Why don't you just kill up, dude? Let's just (laughs) quit. Go have a drink together and chill out. You know, I'd be like, Nope. Nope.
0: Nope. (laughs) I'm not listening to you. (laughs) Which one was the nastiest one?
1: Well, depends on what you mean by nasty. Okay, I, I mean, Kerr yelled the most. He flipped the okay. tables over on me when the water wasn't right. Yeah, I and, remember like, that. You know, he he yelled and screamed a lot. Um, but I, the one I was, the ones I were most fearful of was uh, really, <laughs> really was Bert Coons. I mean, and who is mm. actually used to work at GORUCK and was a Goroak cadre. At one point, we didn't know each other then. He had since left GORUCK by the time I came aboard. But uh, he was just kind of, he just, he was, he didn't seem to show any care or emotion Mm -hmm. towards any one person. Everything to him was by the book, black and white. I don't care who you think you are. I don't care how strong you think you are. (laughs) Meet the standard or you're done. Right. Like, that's it. I don't care about you. I don't like (laughs) you. I just am uh, assessing you as can you meet the standard or not? And that (laughs) just that kind of black and white. Yeah, that's scary. Just, you know, it's intimidating.
0: You're like, give me something here, man. Yeah,
1: (laughs) He he doesn't break, dude. He doesn't.
0: (laughs) Well, well, so you, you mentioned that you put yourself into these tough situations Um, you seek this out. What is it inside you that makes you seek out these tough situations?
1: I think that that's sort of morphed, but, you know, as a victim of childhood sexual abuse, I think that uh, I carried for a long time, many years, 30 Mm -hmm. plus years. um, You know, I, I never really ever wanted to admit it. And especially the circumstances that happened by other men, Mm -hmm. right? Like back in the eighties, if another man sucked you, uh, you know, that, that, that was a, you know, you did. I, I was questioning: was I gay? Right. Why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would carry this as I got older. Am I gay now? Yeah. Like, what's going? And, and again, in this current culture, you know, we're a lot more accepting of that. But mm-hmm. in the eighties, when it was yeah. the height of AIDS and all, definitely 80s, I would have never told anyone. Right. 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 Secondarily, an, uh, another abuser was my mom. Mm. So, you know, that is a whole head yeah I don't know if I can cuss here or not but just, just yeah you
0: can fuck.
1: total head fuck right like and so I carried that shit around with me for 30 plus years without really getting any help or treatment and mm. so <clears throat> I think a lot of times and I still suffer from this is that I felt like I deserve punishment mm. and didn't really know why or couldn't really articulate it or explain it to you but I just sort of always felt like I didn't deserve anything good mm. And, um, and then there's just other things that play into that. You know, I really wanted to go into the, into the military. My grandfather would not let me go into the military. My grandfather was my number one mentor and superhero. He was in the military. He flew P-51s in World War Mm -hmm. II. He was part of General Cheneau's Flying Tiger group. He was, you know, just a not badass, right? Just a total badass, but he never really liked to talk about it. He never wanted me to go into it and um you know i kind of always felt like i was held back on that i'm mm-hmm. like what could i have done what what could i do like that was one thing that i could actually do well I've done you know i have all these behavior issues and this thing god what if i could have just gone into the military and been able to use this this energy and, right. and the way i am to to do good you know and um you know so being held back from that was a lot um mm. so yeah i think that that and then But then over time, I'll never forget someone telling me once as sort of a way to get through a difficult challenge was become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. There's two statements that someone has said to me in my life that it hit me in a ton of like a ton of bricks. And that was one of them. Become comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I feel like I've gotten really good at that. And I've always wanted to get even better at that to the point where i am intrigued now if there's a storm i want to go outside and run barefoot mm. in a storm i just want to because i know it's going to initially suck for the first five minutes but when i'm 25 minutes into it i'm totally drenched i'm mm-hmm. miserable <laughs> people are looking at me on the road like there's something wrong with me i get power from that right mm-hmm. and i get like achievement and you know and a, and almost like a call mm-hmm. it's like um I almost have to be calm to even work. This is why I train in the mornings, right? Because mm-hmm. I need tired before I can focus. And um, so, anyway, so I think that that's that's why I seek out a lot of these gnarly challenges that I do. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to do it till the till the day I die.
0: Mm-hmm. Of course, you will. That's interesting. I, I've often uh, we do a lot of that stuff here too um, uh, at, at my gym. We do seal fit. I've done some go ruck stuff. Um, it's like you, you're constantly wanting to lift that level that you live your life at, you know? And it's not a thing of, like, death-seeking or, like, you know, you want the adrenaline from any kind of thing. You're just always trying to lift that level of how you can compare what you're going through. Like, right now we're sitting at a computer to that. And so the pressure of this is so much lower versus being out there in the suck, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, at least and for think, me. No, I agree. And I think that that a lot of the mundane weird stuff that we let drag us down every day i'm just going to give some examples you know network news yeah uh social media mm-hmm. right like love and hate it i use it now as just i mean the, the trump stuff the trump ver- trump haters versus oh, trump lovers stuff just made me so miserable on social media now it's the vax versus the non-vax yeah it
0: people. never it's ends
1: just, it sucks so i i try to When uh, when you're buried in something that sucks, or when you're just focused on getting through something, it kind of breaks everything down to the simple. If you're around other people, you don't really care whether they what their political leanings are. You don't care how they feel about you know social issues. You're just going through something together as two beings, or three, or four, or five, or six, and you know, and I love that. Or if I'm alone. You know, I'm just focused on getting through the task at hand at the moment. And it simplifies everything.
0: Absolutely. What was the worst part of what you went through for the selection? The box. Uh, see, I was thinking that. <laughs> the box. That seemed, that seemed terrible.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, and there were two times for it. Like one, when they went through that 13 hours of torture um where we were blindfolded and they played that baby crying for mm-hmm. 11 hours and um and you know 11 hours yeah it was uh-huh. 11 hours we didn't hours. see that in the show no i mean well it's just like the beach scene the beach scene was just one episode right. but we were out there for nine hours oh
0: my god
1: running in and out of the surf for nine hours like nine hours like my nose was burning from the salt water it was just it just it was yeah the, the, it's ridiculous the, it just, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. That's why we would lose so many people in both those segments. We lost a lot of people on the beach, and mm. we lost a lot of people during the the torture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you call it torture? Tor- I love was that. Really bad, <laughs> It was really bad. I mean, if yeah. if I don't know if you remember now, but one of the, um, you know, like when they were showing the next episode of the show, they would show me with all my crazy hair and somebody with a stun gun right by my head oh yeah and I'm like oh I'm like freaking out dude because I was so yeah. rattled you know and then like some things they didn't show because I think they're afraid of like you know maybe animal groups or something but they they brought in these these pit bulls mm. you know we're still blindfolded and all you hear is these snarling pit bulls and these guys yelling at them in German like what and then they're like putting them <laughs> right by your face. So you've got their saliva you, feel or you their can breath. feel that. Yeah and they're and they sound menacing dude and like you know and then just putting us in that box for 45 minutes but yeah but but even that box wasn't so bad like i was able to go somewhere in my head that was um made it so i could get through that okay but it was the six hours in the box with cliff mm. where i was in the box with another man yeah and we're just in there not knowing what's next no sleep um locked in there you know Thank God for Ryan Kent, you know, telling me from the other box, "Hey, dude, we got to get out of here." Mm-hmm. That's what I thought about. Oh yeah. Shit, get out! Um, yeah, that. I mean, everything else was quite honestly after the first three days of just a complete PT yeah, beat down because they wanted to just weed out the people that didn't deserve to be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh. They didn't actually. I mean, yeah, it was hard, and yeah, they were dicks and all that different stuff but we learned a lot like my favorite part of it was the helicopter like i was so excited if you watch the helicopter scene closely and turn the volume up when we're jumping out of that helicopter into the ocean you get when it's my turn i'm like yelling on the jump out um (laughs) At that and then you know, riding the zodiac to the beach and you oh, know, so cool. the beach and all that through the heavy surf in uh in Ventura County. That shit was dope, dude. Like, I I just I love that. Um I bet. Amazing experience. Yeah, we learned a lot once once we got done getting beat up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well that's how it works, right? Yeah. Well listen, I wanna I wanna learn about um run to heal. Okay. Uh so that was something that uh, you know, from a, from a fan, I mean, somebody who connected with you on the show and then found you on social media and stuff, and then I saw, I don't remember how long after that it was, you're running across the country. Right. I mean, that's, that's in many ways, I was watching that thinking, that's probably more gnarly than the actual selection stuff. <laughs> um, like, that it just it's seemed... It's
1: in a different way, yeah. yeah like well,
0: it's yeah. A, it's more drawn
1: out, right? I mean, you're
0: alone for the most part trying to figure that shit out like what so what what made you want to do that in the first place and then let's let's talk through what that was like
1: well so through my therapy i was learning you know i i went i went went pretty strong into therapy uh after Mm -hmm. the show okay Um, uh, the show triggered some things for me um some other life experiences triggered some things for me and i needed to go back to therapy and um you know i was really talking a lot about what i'd been through in therapy and uh and i did some therapy called emdr I won't get into all that. But at the end of the day, the, the end result was I felt like I was a lot stronger now.
0: Mm-hmm. And I felt
1: like, in, you know, just like I kind of said when I was talking to you about getting sucked, um, mm-hmm. another man sucking you. You know, mm-hmm. I have to be able to say these things, frankly, that way so that it's real for me. You know, I spend so much gotcha. time telling like it didn't happen. And I'm done doing that. Like it happened. Right. And um, you know a man had oral sex with me and I had an orgasm. like mm-hmm. that happened. and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I have to understand that that happened. I have to believe that it happened and I have to know that it wasn't my fault, right? It happened to me. And right. but, you know, like most kids at 14 years old, hanging around my friends, I'd be like, oh yeah, if some dude ever tried to touch me, I'd kick him in the you. yeah, yeah. Dude, all this you know male bravado. When the reality was I just froze like a scared cat, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know what to do. And, you know, I just, I let it happen. And, Mm -hmm. but what I learned in my, through my therapy is that once I started to embrace it and be willing to talk about it and admit it, I realized that there a, through my therapy, I realized that there, first of all, is an army of us out there. I'm not alone. There's a lot of men, (laughs) who are sexually abused boys who are dealing with that shit every day. And it comes out in your behaviors, whether Mm. it's, you know, whether you find yourself, you know, in adulterous relationships, whether you find yourself in sort of deviant sexuality, Mm. a lot of different things as it relates to sexuality and how you act, um, you Mm. know, come from this. So, and then also I, I, I got a tremendous amount of freedom by talking about it, and like even talking about it with you right now, I feel lighter. I feel more open, right? And I feel like, hey, I don't mind admitting this because I know that there's going to be dudes listening to this right now that this has happened to them. I know Mm -hmm. it for a fact. the The numbers don't lie, right? So, a learning that there was a an army of us out there gave me some power. Two you know what? I'm a pretty strong fucking dude. I can do some shit. I don't mm. mind saying some things. I don't mind talking about hard things. So maybe I should go out there and be the Pied Piper for other men who are hurting boys, who are hurting mm. young, meaning that they're hurting from things that have happened in their past, not that they're out there hurting.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And, and, um, and so I thought, what better way to do that? than to run across the entire United States. I couldn't do another ultra marathon. I've done over a hundred ultra marathons. I've done a gazillion obstacle course races. I've done a million go rucks and enduring warrior this and that. And frog that like, I couldn't just do another event. You know, people would be like, Oh cool. Christian's doing another event. it, it, It needed to be something big and, and actually something that I thought, I have a really good chance of failing at.
0: I, you know? I saw you when you started it. I was like, all right, bro. I mean, I've seen it done by different looking people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, good luck. I mean,
1: yep. I went into it at 200 pounds, ended up at 170. Yeah. I went into it at at, uh, at 200 pounds. I had to run 32 to 36 miles a day. So it's pretty much What's... an ultra marathon a day. Um, and it was... It was brutal, but, but I knew that. So I called the charity run to heal. I had done some other things for them before I ran a race in Tortola in the British Virgin islands and and wore their Jersey, did a speech on my experience of sexual abuse Mm. for the, for their donors and stuff. And they just really liked it. So, um, reached out to the executive director of the charity, um, because she always said, you know, if you could think of something, you know, we love you as a spokesperson. If you could think of something else that you want to do for the charity. You know, we'd love to hear it. So, you know, I waited a couple months and then I started thinking about the run. And I started thinking, wow, what if I ran across the United States and gave talks mm-hmm. and really tried to bring a lot of awareness and raise some money for the prevention and treatment of child abuse and more specifically treatment? Because I felt like I was getting so much out of my treatment. Mm -hmm. I called up the executive director I said hey you like big ideas she goes we love big ideas I said what if I decided to run across the United States and try to raise a million dollars and she goes it's a big idea (laughs) but but she's like let's figure out how to do it and she disappeared for a minute came back with a group and I flew out to New York and kind of long story short we put together a plan uh, we hired a kid who was between graduating from college and mm. trying to get into grad school. So he had some, some few months. Um, they hired him to drive the RV. We'd never even met before. Imagine <laughs> like like me and you, you me and you're doing this. Then you drive me for five months. You're with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week after this. Mm. And uh, you know, so that even presented its own challenges. Of I'm sure. But uh but, yeah, I mean, and and the next thing you know, I'm out in New York. And uh, the next day, I'm going to be running a 5K. Um, CBS, NBC, and ABC affiliates in New York are all out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we put on a 5K for the public, both to come and support me and support the cause. And then sort of the cool part about it was that when we ran through the finish line, I kept running. I was going to
0: say, most yeah. 5Ks are a circle. You just, like, did a straight line. You're like, see? Right.
1: Yeah, I ran, so I did the 5K through Riverside Park and then ran all the way to New Jersey that night. And, oh, shit. Um, and then uh, uh, it was the official start, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's insane, man. That's um. That's epic. So it took five months.
1: Took five months, yeah. Jesus. It was uh, 32 to 36 miles a day. People can do it a lot faster if they take a very direct route. You can do it in about, I think, 2,000... 600 miles maybe but uh i had to do it in a certain way because i had to speak at different hfc um headquarter offices so i ran new york to chicago chicago to denver denver to san francisco
0: Hmm. that's insane (laughs) sorry i i I think about myself doing something i mean i like epic shit but like that i'm gonna say no that's uh (laughs) that's far out there well um so what what are you what are you working on right now? Um, I, I follow you on Facebook and you're you're working on some kettlebell stuff.
1: Okay, the, yeah. You you yeah, made so me you
0: made me go back to the gym and pick up the kettlebells.
1: Awesome, and like and I become a nerd about it. So and I'll try not to nerd out here on the on the podcast. But oh, you can nerd out. I've been a big fan of CrossFit for a really long time. I just mm-hmm. always believed in functional fitness. Um, I love what CrossFit stands for, especially CrossFit from 2005 to like 2010, right. <laughs> yeah. right? it, it, it was much more varied. You know, I remember one of the wads on the CrossFit HQ website once was go play a game of basketball. Right. right? Just go play one-on-one basketball. It was extremely varied. Now I feel like Olympic lifting has kind of taken over mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's almost leans kind of towards powerlifting and Olympic lifting um, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you just look at the games and how they've increased the weights of like the clean ladders and snatch ladders and stuff to, you know, just unheard of weight, you know, guys, guys snatching 320 pounds. Yeah, it's just tremendous. It's crazy. Um, but, but my beef with CrossFit is very similar to a lot of people's beef with CrossFit. Um, you know, you got people doing very technical lifts very early in their training career that quite honestly have no business doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, me being one of them, uh, I don't feel like I ever had proper training or proper instruction And I just kind of muscled through it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the end result of that was me constantly feeling hurt, constantly feeling pain. Um, But then even as I got better and was competing in CrossFit, I I noticed that now my problem is I can't leave my ego at the door. I'm 51 years (laughs) old. I'm in there trying to compete with the (laughs) 24-year-olds, you know, and I'm just, I'm smashed all the time. Right. So I started researching other fitness modalities and – uh, Russian kettlebell stuff kept getting thrown in my face. And I'm like, mm. this, this is interesting. I like doing the kettlebells at CrossFit, but first of all, the way Russian yeah. kettlebells totally different than the yeah. way they do it in CrossFit. American
0: swings overhead and do yeah, 3,300 yeah. of them. Yeah.
1: Right. And I train hard style. So I train, you know, um, uh, heavier kettlebells at lighter reps, never going, never swinging overhead but mm-hmm. of course doing snatches cleans uh long long cycle um and then I've even gotten into a little bit of kettlebell sport I just don't train it because kettlebell sport training is more lower lower um weight higher volume mm-hmm. so I'll do the events because I enjoy doing them and they're big challenges but I don't you know for instance I don't rack leaning on my yeah you know leaning on my hips I wrap Rack like hard style where I hold, you know, I hold very tight. So, hmm. um, and, but again, that's that's me kind of nerding out on the kettlebell stuff. But ultimately, I the reasons that I like it is a I do it by myself, I'm not going into a gym, I'm not competing with anyone else, I'm competing against myself. I do hmm. it every morning on the beach, across well, like not on the sand, but in this amphitheater that's right on the beach. And so, literally, I am training as the sun comes up every single day. I honestly cannot think of a better way to start the day. And it sets the, it sets the mood and the pace for the day in just the greatest way ever. Um, And then B I'm having tremendous success. I am, my mobility has improved. My strength has improved. Hmm. My, uh, the way that you train in hard style kettlebell is you only push yourself maybe once every two weeks to failure. The rest of the time, you're just building that foundation. And that's why they don't call it workout. They call it practicing. You're constantly practicing technique. I like that. that. In, in, in Russian kettlebell, in hard style, it the community is very self-policing. It's a lot of people sharing videos and asking for mm. advice and help because people, there's more admiration in doing things correctly
0: mm. than there are
1: doing things, you know, faster or right. with more weight. I you like know, that. I love it. I think wow. it's awesome. And, there's, and and the respect that you earn from the community when you're able to move large pounds with good form, you know, is cool, right? It's a great cool. thing to work towards. So sort of in this journey of the kettlebells and, and uh, you know, kind of refinding m- my place and what I want to do, um, an opportunity came up called Brawl for a Cause, which okay. uh, I'm going to step in the ring in November and I'm going to fight literally fight gonna box for um, the prevention and treatment of child abuse yeah, and that's awesome. I love the I love the metaphor right like I love the actual fighting for mm-hmm. it um, you know and my goal is to win. my goal is to not go in there and go the three rounds and have a judge say that I won mm-hmm. my ra- my goal is to go in there and annihilate my opponent.
0: <laughs> of course it is. It.
1: That's it. I and, wouldn't expect
0: anything less from you.
1: And so I'm I, you know I've hired a boxing trainer, we're training two times a week right now. After okay. a month we'll move that to three times a week. I'm still doing my kettlebell stuff. Got to drop some weight. I'm at that's 206 perfect. right now. Got to get to 185 for fighting weight by the end of November. And uh that's my focus, man. That's what uh That's excellent. And uh you know along the way I'm going to try to uh, continue to raise money for the tr- tr- for those seeking treatment from abuse that's happened to them as a kid because there's really no other way out.
0: Right. That's incredible. Have you done, um, have you done any martial arts in your past before? I mean, boxing is definitely martial art,
1: but yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, I've never done any combat sports in hmm. any real, okay. real form. I, um, I contracted an amoeba in 2012 in Nicaragua that almost killed me. Um, actually the TV show monsters inside me did a whole story on it. Um, and uh, as a result of that, I ended up with a paralyzed diaphragm, unilaterally paralyzed diaphragm. And uh, so as part of my comeback, after um, as part of my recovery, I, did a, I joined an organization called Warriors for Christ. Um, my wife at the time was was, um, was pretty active Christian, and I would go to church with her. And while I'm not a big believer, I would still just go to be part of the family. And right. I met some really awesome guys there. And um, the Soke, the leader of the martial arts group, said hey you ought to come train with us and i explained my situation and he's like "Ah, oh, whatever dude you d- you know do do what you can do but just come. i think you'll enjoy it and i did um you know it was mostly form stuff wasn't a lot of actual mm-hmm. um you know combat um but uh but you know it was cool and uh i did it for quite a while and really enjoyed it and cool. um but yeah the boxing thing is brand new to me like it's That's cool it's, uh, it's it's brand new but i'm posting <laughs> videos and some of yeah. the sparring and stuff so it should be cool It'd be a cool I'll follow journey you along. to
0: watch hopefully maybe i can get you back on after you've gone through your fight we could talk okay. about your training from today to the fight and what the fight was like um because uh, i personally i've been a i've been a lifelong martial artist done done okay. martial arts of just about any time from jujitsu jitsu to thai to karate uh just all of it and uh that's that's my fitness journey is through the martial arts where it sounds like maybe yours has been through the the uh, adventure races and the the all that all the rucking all that kind of stuff and CrossFit. Um, but I want to I want to circle back about that. Um, I don't know how I don't you say you love CrossFit. I don't know how closely you are still in the world. But isn't it interesting that they're like um, oh crap. I'm trying to talk to you now. What's the guy's name? The guy who programs the games in the open.
1: Oh, um, uh, Dave, Dave Castro. Castro.
0: Yeah. How he's getting a lot of criticism for the events in the games being so varied and weird <laughs> and not straight up uh, like weightlifting and gymnastics stuff. When, when it first started, like you said, it was all like just whatever. I think that that circle is kind of funny to watch that coming back around. Um,
1: no, I, I agree with you. I think though, that I think that that last year, especially, um, like, I don't, the the thing that just absolutely I thought was so awesome is when they ran that 5k and then they finished and they were told they had to turn around and go back.
0: Oh, that was the best.
1: Like that was Dave Castro all day long. Right. That was Navy
0: SEAL shit right there.
1: Yeah. And I loved it. I thought, and, and I feel like that afterwards the participants loved it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I take a different stance on that. I think he's doing a really good job with that.
0: I, and, I do, too.
1: And I think that a lot of people in the community do. I think that they really okay. appreciate the fact that he is uh, pushing that envelope quite a bit. And, you know, and also, you know, he's doing a really good job, too, I feel like, of of marrying new CrossFit while still bringing back old CrossFit, but just making it harder. Like uh, you know, like when they did that, uh, I can't remember what they, what they called it. Fran, Super Fran. Or oh something.
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it no. was
1: you know the full twenty-one, three sets of twenty-one all the way through, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and stuff like that. Like he's making them harder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, classic benchmark CrossFit workouts harder, but but yeah, I I, uh, I I'm not sure if you just saw, but they just nixed him from the announcements. He's not going to be doing the announcements anymore. That. And and I I i disagree with that move i think he yeah. like like i've heard other people say he's the villain everybody loves to hate I mean, yeah and it should be telling you what the workout's gonna be
0: i've been wanting not to come back i mean that was my favorite part of the open was like what's dave gonna do now you know and, and you get to yeah. watch him on the internet that was my favorite part i love what you're talking about with the kettlebells and um not i mean just i i, I love it uh because I, I own a gym, I own a CrossFit. It's not we're not affiliated, but we do some CrossFit. You know, it's open source, whatever. But sure. um, if I had my way, I would throw our barbells away. And I recently tried to do that, <laughs> and it didn't go over very well. So <laughs> I have these. I just have like six dusty barbells that sit there. But we use kettlebells and dumbbells as much as we can for the same reasons that you were talking about. And I would, you've just inspired me to look up, um, look deeper into kettlebell training i would never even heard hard style
1: yeah strong first is kind of the brand if you will by pavel i can't say his last name it's like yeah. tesla yeah. or something like that russian guy kind of, kind of responsible for bringing kettlebells to the u.s steve mm. cotter's another one of them um that uh that is kind of a hard style guy um but uh yeah hard the 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 terms are strong first Strong First has a certification, which is what I'm going for at the end well of that. this month. It's got a 40% fail rate. So I've been training since May Whoa. For, for this because you have to be able to perform um, the snatch, the clean, strict press, uh, the two-arm, the one-arm swing, um, double kettlebell squat. Um, you have to be able to perform those with impeccable form. I mean, absolutely impeccable wow. form um, in, in sets of five, um, at, at a particular weight, depending on your age and, and weight. Um, and then, and then you also have to do a snatch test. You have to be able to do a hundred snatches with your snatch weight in under five minutes.
0: What? Yeah. So not only is it knowledge, it's fitness as well.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, and I've tested myself on it. So for me, because I'm over 50, I my snatch test is going to be done with the 20 kilogram or 44 pounds, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Open men, meaning under 50, would have to do it with the 24 kilo or the 53, right? hundred reps in five minutes. Yeah. But I'm training to do it as an open man, mm-hmm. not use my age Mm-mm. because, you know, like I believe – If I find myself in a precarious situation, whether that be a fight or a rescue situation, I don't have the opportunity to show my license to someone and go, this should be easier for me because I'm 51. Right. Right? No, (laughs)
0: that's not how it works.
1: Yeah. So I'm training for the open standard. If they make me test as a 51 year old, well, I will. And I'll smash the test. If they make me (laughs) If they allow me to do it as an open man, I will, I will struggle. I will suffer. I've tested myself, and I have yet to get the 24 in five minutes, but I have done the 20 in five minutes.
0: That's a lot of reps in five minutes, man. It is. It that really kettlebell is. snatch is hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the
1: descent more than the ascent, really.
0: I, I agree. I agree. I'm not good at it, but uh, I, I, I'm going to look up strong first, and that, that's, that's compelling.
1: Yeah. Check it out. Great stuff. Great content.
0: That's awesome. Well, uh, well, Christian, um, any, any parting shots, any, anything outside of your, uh, your boxing match and your strong first certification you're working on?
1: No, I mean, really and truly, just if I had any parting shot at all, it's like, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm trying to get attention. I'm trying to raise awareness and funds and anything I can uh, for the prevention and treatment of child abuse. But I always like to just end these things with one simple message. And that is, if you are someone, male or female, who has been sexually abused as a kid, I know three things. I know it's the first thing you think about every day when you wake up. I know it's the last thing you think about every night before you go to sleep. And I know that throughout the day at various times, there are various things that trigger these thoughts and emotions for you. I know that to be a fact. I also know that you're not alone. And I also know that you've developed some behaviors that you're not proud of because of these experiences. They weren't your fault, but they did, in fact, happen. And Mm. if you can acknowledge and embrace the fact that they did, in fact, happen, then you can take the next step. And the next step step is treatment. You will not spontaneously, all of a sudden, one day wake up and be better. Doesn't work. An alcoholic isn't going to wake up one day Mm. and not be an alcoholic. Drug addict, sex addict, same difference, right? Treatment is necessary. And I just always like to to put that out there is that if you're sick and tired of these feelings, these emotions, these behaviors, and the guilt that follows them, seek treatment. You won't be the first. You won't be the last. But it is the only way out.
0: Solid message, man. Thanks. Solid. I had a lot of other questions, kind of on standby to kind of draw some, uh, you know, the way to live your life with the warrior mindset. But but everything you just said, you just kind of, you just kind of showed us what it's like. So I appreciate you, man.
1: Of course, man. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak.
0: Thank you.